Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. Hey, before I jump into the lesson, I would love for you to go to my website, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, and you will find that the four lessons that I did at our leadership conference a couple of weeks ago are there. Now, there's four lessons, and you can download all four of them as a package, but I just want to tell you, the first lesson that I taught has received so much traction. It has helped so many people already. It's entitled, How COVID Has Changed the Church Forever. How COVID Has Changed the Church Forever. I'm telling you that if you're in ministry, you need this lesson. If you're on a team in ministry, you need this lesson. If you're a business leader and you go to church, you need to get this lesson and give it to your pastor. Right now, the church is being changed. It's important that church leaders understand the nature of that change. You can download all four of those lessons by going to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. I would encourage you. It will be one of the best things that you've done to help you get ahead in your leadership as far as being able to help your church, your ministry, or to help your pastor in their church. Today, I want to talk to you about leadership's missing ingredient. Leadership's missing ingredient. When you go back to the Old Testament, you see David, just a young guy. All of a sudden, he happens onto a scene that has been happening every day, morning and night. This giant, Goliath as we know him, has come out and has challenged Israel. Everyone's sitting in fear, intimidated by the circumstances. Every day, people become less and less confident. But David is going to stand up and he's going to begin to speak. As he begins to speak, he's going to utter a challenge to Goliath and to all of Israel. What was the thing that made him do that? If you go over to the book of Joshua, there's a man named Caleb. He has this glowing resume of being one of the two spies that spoke up on behalf of God literally 40 years before. But now Israel is in the promised land and he goes to Joshua. Joshua looks at him and he says to him, you know what, Caleb, I miss seeing you, but there's some things we need to have done but you're of an age that you can't do them. But Caleb looked at him and he said, give me this mountain. You go into the New Testament and you find the Apostle Paul. He's faced with the moment where he is beginning to be notified through a prophet of events that are going to unfold as he goes to Rome. And Paul looks at him and he says, none of these things move me. See, each one of these leaders had the missing ingredient, and that missing ingredient is this. When David challenged Goliath, it is because he had a passion for God. When Caleb said, give me the mountain, it's because he had a passion for God. When Paul said to the people, it doesn't matter the things that will befall me, it is because he had a passion for God. I just completed my 60th trip, 60, 
These 60 trips have happened since a year ago, June. So I've been out on the road. I've been in every state. I've been in every kind of setting. And one of the things that has happened is I've noticed that many people have lost their passion. Because of the events surrounding COVID, the fear factor that has begun to creep in, the questions that surround every leadership decision, the indifference that many believers now possess, many pastors, many Christian leaders have begun to slip into the limelight because they've lost their passion. I want to talk to you about passion today because it's leadership's missing ingredient. I can teach you skills. I can teach you systems. I begin to talk to you about all the things that need to be done and how they need to be done. But the simple truth of the matter is, if you lack passion, none of the skills matter. None of the systems matter. It all starts with passion. So let me walk you through some principles. Number one, if you're not passionate, then those you lead will not be either. See, if you're not passionate, the people that you've been privileged to lead will not be passionate either. In your life, your passion not only feeds you, but your passion feeds others. So let me put it to this way. Like in a vehicle, there's the various gauges where you have your battery gauge, your oil gauge, your gas gauge, your heat gauge. Let me give you the passion gauge. Here's the way you can tell how your passion is going. When passion leaks, your energy wanes. When passion leaks, your energy wanes. Now, if that's the gauge, how are you doing? How's your passion level? Is it beginning to go towards the empty side or the full side? As a leader, you will not be able to have people follow you passionately if you do not possess a passion for God. So if you're not passionate, then those that you lead won't be either. And right now we're seeing this great fall away where, where Christians who used to be on the cutting edge are not near the edge, where people on teams that used to be the most creative have lost their creativity. People who used to be the most evangelistic no longer share the story in any form. Why? Because when passion leaks, your energy begins to wane. So as a leader, passion is a necessity because people need a passion to feed on. So if you're not passionate, then those that you lead will not be either. Number two, passion is never past tense. Passion is never past tense. What does that mean? Yesterday's passion doesn't work for today. How passionate you were. If I could really speak into the hearts and souls of some of you, I would just ask you, do you remember the passion? Do you remember what it felt like when you took those first steps for God? Do you remember what it felt like when you began to initially lead for God? How excited you were, how thrilled you were to be a part of God's scope, to be a part of God's plan? Do you remember that? 
passion can never be past tense. So what does that mean? You've got to feed it. Whatever it is that feeds you. I've talked about it on many lessons that what feeds one is not what feeds the other. My dear friend, John Maxwell, he will tell you that his passion is fed in worship. He loves to go out and to take a swim and to be able to have worship songs that are blaring in his pool underwater so that he can just worship God while he's working out. I have another friend who who just loves the study of God's word. It just feeds his passion. But for me, it's solitude. It's finding those margins in life where I can just be alone with God and not do anything but be with God, where I can fulfill Psalm 46 and verse 10, be still and know. You've got to feed it. Passion isn't an accident. The initial birth may have come through some supernatural means, but the discipline of passion means that you have to feed it every day. How are you doing with that? What feeds it? What feeds it? What feeds your passion? Number three, people would rather have passion than professionalism. People would rather have passion than professionalism. You know, I came to know Christ during what was called the Jesus movement. The the Jesus movement was a revival among young kids. Started out on the West Coast and began to spread out across this country. There was nothing like being in a room with people who were passionate. But do you know what happened? That passion can become professional. And what I mean is this. We began to systemize passion. We began to say these are the things we've got to do. And I believe in excellence and I believe in professionalism, but I believe that neither one of them are a substitute for passion. If I could pray right now, God would just remind you and spark the original passion in you. In fact, give me 30 seconds. Father, right now, for the people that are listening, I pray, Father, like you spoke to young Timothy, that their gift would be stirred up, that their passion for you and their passion to do something for you would just be stirred that you would cause that flame to burn greater than it ever has in Jesus' name. People would rather have passion than professionalism. The olden days, we used to say it this way. If you're on fire, someone will come watch you burn. But no one watches you simmer. They want to see you on fire. Number four, the greatest knowledge is knowledge that comes out of passion, not knowledge that comes out of just a book. The greatest knowledge is knowledge that comes out of passion. In my lesson on COVID, 
One of the things I mentioned was the difference between preaching out of content versus conviction. And right now we have a lot of people with content who've lost all conviction. If you want to know the ingredients to that, you're going to have to go back and do the download. So the greatest knowledge is out of passion. When people feel your passion, they listen to your words. But when your words lack passion, all it is is another voice that's just going on. Number five, a work ethic that feeds on passion. Why do you do something? God's given me a passion. Why do you keep doing something? God's given me a passion. When that passion is sparked inside you, when it ignites inside you, when it fills you, that passion just works. I want to implore you. When you have a work ethic that is fed by passion, it is the kind of thing that will create habits in you that are unequaled by anything else. A passion which has a work ethic to it. Number six, passion spends energy on what matters. I say this all the time. God hasn't given you enough time to do everything you want. He's given you enough time to do what he wants. God hasn't given you enough energy to do what you want. He's given you enough energy to do what he wants. Now, I say that to you for this reason. Passion is what keeps you on what matters. See, passion tends to be that voice inside you. I need to reach further. I need to preach harder. I need to minister deeper. It begins to keep you focused on what matters. And a lot of people, they begin to deviate. And because they begin to deviate they begin to lose their passion because passion only works where it really matters. So passion spends energy on what matters. Number seven, when passion dwindles, you can always tell by what happens next. When passion dwindles, you can tell by what happens next. Let me give you a few things that happen when passion begins to go out the door. When passion dwindles, isolation becomes the norm. You no longer want to be around passionate people because their passion convicts you. And so isolation becomes the norm. Do you think it's anywhere interesting that right now, more people have gone into an isolation mindset. It started honestly, but it fed something inside them. And what was needed for a short period of time has become a pattern. And as a result, isolation has become the norm. 
But when my fire is next to someone else's fire and their fire is next to someone else's fire, we create a great fire. But when you burn alone, you eventually burn out. And if you're feeling burnout, get around people of great passion. When passion dwindles, everything is serious. Every little thing becomes a serious thing. Everything is serious. Right now, we see it by the way people text, by the way people email. They, they, they find every little reason to turn everything into a big thing. When passion dwindles, people are seen as a problem to fix. People are seen as a problem to fix. When passion dwindles, quick solutions are the only solutions. Well, what do I just do now? What can I do? What can I do? Quick solutions. When passion dwindles, little things seem big. When you have great passion, problems seem small. When you have little passion, problems seem big. And when passion dwindles, anger is the only emotion that you feel. Anger is the only emotion you feel. Number eight, passion is the answer to the most critical questions. See, what passion does is it's the answer. It's the reason you get up when you don't want to get up. It's the reason you keep going when you don't want to keep going. And it's the reason you never quit when you have every reason to quit. Passion is the answer to the most critical questions. It is the reason you get up. It is the reason that you keep going. And it is the reason that you never quit. Number nine, when life gets you down, it's your passion that will get you up. I love that. When life gets you down, it is your passion that gets you up. When you have a passion inside you to do something, to be something, to accomplish something, no matter how bad life gets, that passion just keeps, you got to get up. You got to give up. You got to give up. It's what gets you up. And number 10. Passion is what takes your life from the ordinary to the extraordinary. God didn't put anyone on this planet to live an ordinary life. God put everyone on this planet to live an extraordinary life. And passion is where it starts. For David, it was his passion for God. Goliath, you can't do that. For Caleb, it was his passion for God. It doesn't matter who lives on that mountain. For Paul, it was his passion for God. It doesn't matter what happens next. See, passion is what takes your life from the ordinary to the extraordinary. What it does is it makes your life bigger than you. Oh, dear Jesus, please get it. God puts you here to have a life that's bigger than you. Then when your life's done, the bigness of your life cannot be calculated 
by one because the number of people that you've impacted, your life is bigger than you. And passion means this. It takes you from the ordinary to the extraordinary because when you have passion, you can no longer sit on the sideline. Too many people want to be spectators. The Bible doesn't give that. There's no example of being a hearer of God's word without being a doer. You've got to do it. Passion's the missing ingredient for a lot of people. And for some of you, I pray that you would remember your passion. Because your passion is the game changer. It's not knowing a little bit more. It's not having better systems. Your knowledge and your systems are fine. But they cannot replace passion. Without passion, you will have a form of godliness without the power thereof. And unfortunately, in the body of Christ, a lot of people have learned how to have good ministry in the name of God, but they've lost the power of God. Father, I pray that the people who are listening to this, that you would spark and renew their passion today in Jesus' name. Let me remind you that if you go to my webpage, GeraldBrooksMinistries.com, here's what you'll find. There will be a place where you can download my four lessons from our leadership conference. You want those lessons. Those lessons will help you. But that lesson on how COVID has changed the church forever, you need to listen to it because it will help you as you navigate the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.